Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our revival-seeking youth services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. Well, the message I want to preach is wonderful. It's the angels watching television. Yeah. Angels, they have TV. We have been watching television and uh, online stuff. What do the angels want? Because they have also been watching. The television of angels. Angels TV. Yeah, they've been watching. And they love it. Angel Michael, by this, I'm going to see him. He's sitting down. When he finishes his errands, he sits down, crosses his leg, turn on his remote. (laughs) He's watching. He's having fun. So what have they been watching? What is their television like? That's what I want to tell, talk to you about. Wow. This morning, I taught something which I want to teach again, mm. but from a different angle. Wow. Angels television. Where did the earth come from? Where did the earth come from? Huh? God. God? It didn't just show up. No. Somebody made it? Yes. Who made it? God. Oh, okay. So that one is wrong. Yes. yes. I don't know why they call it science. Science is supposed to be provable, yeah. you know, uh, observations. And, but when it comes to God, they said, no, we don't. Let's do something and call it science. Meanwhile, you can't prove it. You can't prove that it's a big bang. Mm. You can't prove it. You can't prove there's a big bang. So science doesn't know where we came from. So they have to de- deduce and concoct something and say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to believe it, you have to believe it. And they are teaching us at mainstream science. Yeah. Yeah. In the West. Mm. In the West, but not everywhere. Because mm. the West has become obsessed with anti-Godness. Mm. Anything God, we have to fight it. Mm. We have to fight it. And anything that is mainstream decency that can be traceable to God and the Bible, let's fight it. You can call it any other God, we would like it. Mm. But if you call it the God of the Bible, we hate it. Let's fight it. So God created the world. And he had an agenda for creating the world. Why did he create the world? That's a very good question, isn't it? You haven't thought about it. But why would God create the world? Wasn't he happy where he was? What does he need a world? He, he has heaven. What does he need an earth for? Right. Why does he have to create what for what? Should I tell you why he created? There's, some, there's a song we have been saying. It says, you didn't want heaven. So just being in heaven, it's not, he just wanted us. So he created the world because of us. Pastor, can you prove it? No. The way you know a house was built for somebody is they build the walls, the foundation, the walls, the roof, the ceiling, furnishings, everything. When they finish, whoever they built for, guess what? That's the last thing to come, Muslim. If the wedding is about this bride, then the queen will have to come before the bride comes. Yeah, they, normally, everybody has to come seated before the queen comes. Yeah. But when it comes to wedding, she's the queen. But she has to come before Kate Middleton will come. Because the wedding is not about her. 
this word, uh, not about the queen, this word is about her. So last, so God made everything. When he finished doing everything, he said, now let us make man just like us. So when you look at, when you look on the earth, there's something on earth that looks exactly like what is in heaven. But this one is like God. Let them be there. And then what God did was to create a certain heaven atmosphere through man where he can just come by himself through the man and have dominion here. But there's a man representing him because Satan, before man was created, has rebelled against God, has been cast out. And God said, I'll make something that will worship me and it will express me. So God made man. So in, the, in Genesis, said God, God said, let there be light. Let there be um, separation of water, heaven and the earth, water and land. Let the plants grow. Let the birds come. Let the fishes come. Let the animals. He created everything. When he had finished everything, everything, he said, let there be, and there was. Let there be, and there was. Let there be, and there was. But when verse 26, when he came to man, he said, let us make. For man, we have to have a conference to decide. So man was not just called forth, he was made. So let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. So when you look at man, there's everything about man that reflects, so much about man that represents and reflects God. Anyway, so that's why God created man. And Bible says that God will come to man in the, and put him in a garden and come to man in the cool of the day and have fellowship with him. And one day when God came, man was hiding. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 11. And God said, Adam! 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 Before then, Adam heard the voice of God walking in the garden. That is a very strong statement. Did you see that? And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God's voice walks. Wow. They heard the voice. They didn't see a person. They didn't see an object. But that's why in the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was God. God comes with his word. So they heard the word. So some people already, when I was teaching, you block your mind because you didn't want to hear that word. Because you knew if you open your heart, you have to break out with a boyfriend. Mm. So you have determined, no, 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 this man is not going there. In fact, some people will just get up and even go because I don't like this thing. Wow. I don't like this thing. Wow. One day when you realize you like it, it's too late. Mm. Oh, They've broken your heart and they hurt you. Yeah. And you remember, God, please deliver me from this. Now you are calling on God. Wow. And the, the voice of the Lord was walking in the cool of the day. And when Adam and Eve, when they heard the voice of the Lord, and Adam and his wife, they hid themselves. Wife, wife, okay? Wife is a woman. Adam and his wife, they, 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 they heard the voice of God and they hid themselves. Wow. From the presence of the, oh no, oh. Among the trees of the garden, God is coming. Will people run away? Yes. People have been running away from God since the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Since the fall. That's why you mention God. Some people say, I don't do God. Sometimes the way people can be so angry. You are shocked. But why are you so angry? But I, I told you, so you, you said you don't even believe in God. But why are you so animated? 
why, why is the name of Jesus provoking you so much? Why? What is wrong? Because you are running away from God. Since that time, man has not finished, stopped running from God. We've been running away from God. We've been running away from God. When you go to a party and people are dancing, people are dancing, people are dancing, and you are dancing, and then you say, oh, they tell you, oh, pastor is, what is ah, pastor is there. You stop. There was a time fishermen, I think, in Luke chapter 5, they went to fish and they couldn't catch anything. And Jesus said, throw your nest nets. And Peter said, we have toiled all night, we couldn't catch anything. And Jesus said, cast your net. And then he said, yet at thy word, they let down the net. And they saw, they caught so much that they couldn't pull it out. And the Bible says that when Peter saw it, do you know what his reaction? A Jewish man in business, he was, if, it's a proper Jewish man who he was. And you have seen someone who will tell you where all the fishes are. Just make him a shareholder now. Uh, if I mean, a Jewish man will say, let's sign, uh, please sign here. 60% for you, 40% for me, sign here. Let's make it. But when Peter came, he fell at Jesus. When he saw it, he fell at Jesus' feet and said, go from me. Why should he go? Someone who has done all this for you said, go for me, why? For I'm a sinful man, you are too holy. Since the fall of Adam, we have always been running away from God. We, we don't want God. They were hiding. God said, why are you hiding? He said, I heard your voice and I was afraid and I hid myself. He said, why did you hide yourself? Have you eaten what I said you should eat? He said, it's not me, it's the girl. It's the woman that she tempted me. And God went to the woman and said, woman, what have you done? Why did you do this? Then I said, it's the devil. God said, okay, you devil. He didn't ask the devil, why have you done that? He started cursing the devil. Mm. Curse the devil. He said, you, you are cursed about it. He said, the sun is coming. And so that was when everything went off, off the plan of God. Because now, God created man in his image, okay? So God made man in his image so that he can put himself in man. If you put your, if you need a socks, and you put your gloves in your feet, why wouldn't it work? It wasn't made for the image. So when you talk about God making us in his image, he's talking about God made us so he can fit himself into us. That, that's why Jesus couldn't have come as a goat. There's no way Jesus could have come as a horse, not even a lion or elephant, because an animal was not made in the image of God, but Jesus could come in the, as man, because already man was made in the image of God. Why did God make man in his image? So he can put himself in man. So the reason why God created the earth is so man can be here. But why did he need man? So that he can put himself in man. Now this is very important. So God created the earth so he can live in, manifest himself on earth through his image, through man. Now, so God always likes to be amongst his people. On earth, God always makes sure, come, come this way, come this way. On the earth, God always makes sure, watch this, this is very important, he has a people. So when Adam fell, when Adam fell, it looks like God didn't have a representation here. Mm. 
<laughs> so Abel came and the enemy killed Abel. Seth came and there was always a righteous seed. Noah, Bible talks about in the days of Noah, men were sinning so much that God was upset with everybody. But Bible said, but Noah found grace before God. Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. But Noah found grace because he was different. He found, and God always, then God, that is, watch this, this is very important. I'm about to make a very important point. God is not just looking for a man. God is not interested in individuals as he were. God is not looking for a man because Bible says in the beginning, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, uh, verse 7, yeah, and God took, verse 7 says that, and the Lord will form man of, of the, uh, man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and became a, no, go to chapter 5, verse, um, verse 2. Let's see if chapter 5, verse 2, I think that's the one I'm talking about. Um, and God blessed them and called mankind, and okay. Yes, God created them male and female. Let's say that together. Say it again. In Genesis chapter, I think let's go to chapter 2, verse 1. Chapter 2, verse 1, what does it say? That's the heavens and the earth were made, and the host of the end of the Verse 2, and God rested, right? And the seventh day, God rested from his work. Verse 3, all right? Created, uh, and the day he finished with uh, verse 4. I want to show you some. Created them in the day, verse 5. And planted a field. Uh, and then, all right, I think it's Genesis chapter. Um, one from verse 28, 28, no, 26. Let us make, yeah, it's 26. Let us make man in our image and our like, and our likeness, let them have dominion. Verse 27 says that, verse 27, so God, that's what I'm looking for. God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he, what? Amen. He created him. So God created, let's all read it out together. interesting. In the image of God created he him. But that him was actually a them. Do you understand that? Okay, New King James, let's do just something supposed to see that it's the same thing. That's not something the way King James sounds. Male and female, he created them. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. And I said, this him is a male and female. The him God created is a them. Do you know why? Because the God who created the him, he himself is also an us. Do you understand? He is God, but he's an us. So he created a him who is a them. Genesis chapter, no, no, it's there. Verse, verse 26. And God said, what? Let who? Us. Let, let us do what? Make. Make man in what? Our image. Whose image? Our. Who are this hour? God, who is God talking to? And who are this hour? And in our likeness. And let them have dominion over the sea. And look at the next verse. That's the plan. So God created man in who? Not our image, in his image. So, but this God said, let us, this same God who is an is, is an us. Wow. So God created a corporate man. So God is not really focusing on individuals, just you, just you. Those who say they are Christians and they don't have any relation with other Christians, they are fake. Yeah. God is not interested in using one person. Wow. Wow. God created an ass. Why did he create an ass? Because he is an ass. Yeah. When Jesus said, 
when they said, teach us to pray, Jesus said, when you pray, say, our father, not my father. Not my father who art in heaven. So now watch this. So God created man in his image, and he created them. And Noah, he saved Noah in his house. And then Abraham comes on the scene. He said, yeah, this is the one I'm looking for. And God calls Abraham, and he said, come out of your family or idolatry, house of idolatry. Leave your father's house, your mother's house, your people, your people, and then go to a place I will show you. And Abraham obeyed and went. And then he appeared to Abraham. And then in the, the uh, I think verse 7 or verse 6, chapter 12, Genesis, he said that I will give this land to you and your descendants. So then he started talking to him. And when God started talking to Abraham, he was always making reference to his descendants. So really, when God called Abraham, he had an eye on the people he's going to give birth to. And yet, this man was barren. <laughs> A barren man. Listen, Abraham, God didn't make him barren. He was barren before he was called. Right. Wow. Because in Genesis chapter 11, verse 27, it talks about Abraham's family. And he says that this is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abraham. That's Abraham there. And Abraham had a brother called Nahor, and then another Haran. And Haran begot, Haran begot Lot. Mm. Look at the next verse. And Haran died before his father Terah in his native land, in Ur of the Chaldeans. Look at the next verse, quickly. Then, watch, then Abraham, Abraham and Nahor took wives. The name of Abraham's wife was what? Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and the father of Ishak. Ishka, sorry. The next verse. What? Let's all read it out together. Let's go. It wasn't God who has done it. Before God came, the girl was barren. But why did God choose a man whose wife can give birth? And when he's choosing you, he's thinking about your genealogy. Wow. But the guy is childless. What are you going to do with him? This, his wife can't conceive. Why do you choose him? Because I'm God. I want your hopeless situation so, I, so the glory will come to me, no man. Yeah. So God, God chose Abraham and he said, leave your father's house. Ah, now you are making me landless too. I've been childless. Now you are making me landless. And he promised him a land. And he promised him a child. And then God tells him to come out. He leaves his father's house. And God kept saying, I'll bless you and your descendants. And I'll give this to your descendants. I'll give this to your descendants. And then eventually, Sarah had a miracle baby called Isaac. And Isaac had Jacob. And Jacob had the 12. And as soon as the 12 were born, that God said, now I've got a people. I can start working with them. They went into slavery and they were made in slavery. They became full-blown people of God in slavery. And God sent Moses to bring them out of slavery. And then he said, bring them. These are my people. From that time, God has always had a people on earth. That's why the Jews always refer to Abraham, because it started with Abraham. It started with Abraham. Anything before Abraham, the Jews can be bought for it started. He's the, that's why he said that all those who are in Christ, you are blessed with Abraham because God starts collection of his people from Abraham. Without Abraham, you can't have a people for God. And so God brought Abraham to create a people. I'm saying something very important. To create a people. And he formed the people so that, why does he need a people? So that he can put himself amongst them. And they were in slavery. And he said, Moses, bring them out. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me. Because I want to be amongst them. 
I want to be among them so we can have our time together. And so he moved them out of Egypt. Pharaoh said, they will not go. He said, Pharaoh, you don't have the last say. I have the last say. I've allowed you to be a king, reigning, but I don't know. I gave you the permission. He cleared Pharaoh and brought them out. When he brought them out in the wilderness, now he instructed Moses, Moses, build me a tabernacle. Build something where I can come and hang around among the people. Because God has always wanted to be among his people. When God comes to church, it's not the stage he wants. He likes here, inside, where the people are. God likes to be among. He said, they'll be my people. I'll walk amongst them. First, uh, first Corinthians chapter, no, second Corinthians chapter six, I think from this, 19, 18, 19, 20. He said, they'll be, um, they'll be my people. I'll walk amongst them. That's why I said, come, come, come out from amongst the worldly people. So you can be a people for me. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, 15, 16. What does the verse 14 say? Please just put it on the screen for me. Let me make sure it's the right scripture. Yeah, the next verse. Uh, there's no agreement with, okay. Go to the next verse. Okay, all right. Dwelling place. All right, so now let's go to the verse 18 or 17. Let's get systematic, 17. Uh, touch no unclean things. Yeah, come out, see. Where, wherefore, come out from amongst them and be separated, says the Lord, and touch no unclean things. Look at the next verse. I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. The next verse. Is it the chapter 7? Yeah, okay. Cleanse yourself from, uh, uh, okay, it's chapter 6, verse 16, rather. What's the agreement? I will, uh, yes, I will dwell in them. That's the one I'm looking for. I will, God said, I will dwell. As, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. That's where God, he likes to dwell. So when God is coming, he doesn't like to stand in front. He wants to come inside us. Because amongst his people, that is his natural habitat. The natural habitat is the people of God. Actually, in Psalm 22, verse 3, it says, God inhabits the praise of his people. That is his natural habitat. Those of you who are... Uh, who, who have been to school, you know habitat, yeah, habitat. <laughs> God's natural habitat is on earth, is amongst, so if you don't have a people of God, God doesn't have a place to dwell. Right. Mm. Uh, now I'm going somewhere. Yes. Okay. Without a people for God, God doesn't have any place to dwell. He remains homeless. Okay. So when, what, what does that mean? So when Abraham, God called Abraham, Isaac, Isaac, Jacob, and then they were in the wilderness. All that time, God didn't have a place to dwell. So do you know why he appeared to Moses? Why did he appear to Moses? In the bush. So God calls himself, he that dwells in the bush. Because he dwelleth in the bush and he doesn't have a place to dwell. So he was hiding in the bush because he's been looking for a place where he can now move. He's looking for a, a, a habitation, a domain where he can stay. Yeah. And the only place he can stay is among his people. But if his people are not aware, are, prepared, are not prepared, he can't come and stay there. Okay. So when he brought them out of Egypt, he was leading them as a pillar of fire by night and a, 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 a pillar of cloud uh, by day. So he was leading them in the wilderness. So in the wilderness, the temperatures can be extreme. In the, at night, it can be so cold. So he became their own heater. Yeah, radiator, pillar of fire and light. In the day, it can be so hot in the desert, so it became their air condition. God was with them. They were enjoying, they started enjoying central heating far before. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so God brought them out of Egypt. 
And then somewhere along the line, now it's moving among them. Now, I didn't think I would go so deep, so I didn't even bring. But when you look at the camping of the Israelites, they camped in a way that the tabernacle was in the middle. See that guy who wrote the song, Jesus at the center of it all? At the cross, he was in the center. When you look at Revelation, when Jesus appeared to the, uh, John, the church, he said, in the midst of the church, Jesus has always been the center. Jesus stays in the center. So in the tabernacle, even on the cross, there were a thief here and a thief here, and he was in the center. Jesus has always been the man in the center. So when he comes to his people in the church, he's actually in the center of the church. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. That's, that's where he's always wanted. That is his natural habitat. Amongst his people in the center. Don't move him to the back, please. Keep Jesus at the center. Keep him at the center of your preaching. Keep him at the center of your evangelism. Keep him at the center of everything you are doing. Keep Jesus in the center. Shout hallelujah. And so, God says that I will dwell amongst them and I will be their people. I'm sorry, I will be their God. They will be my people. And he said, therefore, separate yourself from them. And so, he called so at the time he was calling Moses, he, that's why he didn't call him from a temple. Mm. Because he didn't have home. He was in the bush. In fact, in Deuteronomy, when Moses was blessing the people, in Deuteronomy chapter 10, 26, he said, the him that dwelleth in the bush, may he bless you. The him that dwelleth, look at that scripture, look for that scripture. Him that dwelleth, King James, him that dwelleth, the blessings of him that dwells in the bush. God was, Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 16, and for the precious things of the earth, let me read from this one, for the precious things of the earth and um, the fullness thereof, and for the goodwill of him that dwells in the bush, talking about God, let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph. This is the blessing that every, everyone in the tribe of Israel was given a blessing by Moses, just like their father gave. And Moses was, this was Joseph's blessing. He said, may the one who dwells in the bush, may he be the one to bless you. Because Moses met God in the bush. And when he met God in the bush, why was God in the bush? Because the bush signified the fallen humanity. That's why the fire was burning. The the fire, I preach this at uh, impact. The fire of God was, God was his own fuel. He didn't consume the the bush because he didn't need fuel from the bush. If God is your electricity, Russia's switching off gas will not be a problem. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so God was the one who dwelled. Why would he dwell in the bush? Put it on the screen. Why would he dwell? Because he was homeless. Oh! Him that dwelleth in the bush. That's why he met Moses and he called Moses to go and get him a people and bring them out of Egypt so that he can be amongst them. Because God's only authorized natural habitat is amongst his people. Wow. So before the people were called, it was like he was homeless. But he's still working. He was building his people. And then when they came out, God told Israel, Moses, in Exodus chapter 25, verse 1 and 2, tell the people of Israel to bring me offering. Gold. Verse 3. Verse 3 says, gold. Silver. Wow. God likes gold. Silver, brass, wow, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, not Brazilian hair, goat's hair, ram skin dyed red, wow, Wow. badger skin, shitting wood, what for, what for? He said, let's go to verse 8, and let them make me a sanctuary 
or a tabernacle, the same thing. Let them make me a sanctuary that... So God was always in the middle of his people. God has always... That's how the... When you look at the arrangement of the tabernacle, that's how it... God has always wanted to be in the middle of his people. Because he's the center of their worship. That's how it has always been. And God likes to be in the middle of his people. That was a temporal installation. Temporal installation so that God can still have a presence on earth. He can't have a presence of, on earth without his people. Yes. Mm. The blessing, the greatest blessing to a family is their Christian brother. Mm. It's not a good job. No. Yeah. Some of you, you are the greatest blessing in your family. Yeah. Why? Because you are the one who knows Jesus. The greatest blessing to a community is the church. Yes. The church is the greatest blessing because the presence of the church is what guarantees the presence of God. God can't be anywhere without the church. Yes. Mm, how can you say that? Yes. Because God works with people. And the people he works through is the church. And we are the body of Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Now watch this, watch this. So God said, bring them out. And he brought them out and he's amongst them. And he has been there for a long time. Now he said, let's build something that's a bit solid and temporal, which is the tabernacle. So he said, let them bring the gold, the silver, the everything, bring it, let's build it. And then don't build what you think. Wait, I'll show you what to build. God strictly warned Moses. Warned him, Moses was strictly, strictly warned, yeah. Make it after, and according to all that I should, I should thee. Now, New King James, according to all that I have, I, I sh uh, uh, that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishes, just as you shall, uh, 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 just so shall you make it. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5, he said, how Moses was divinely instructed. It was an instruction that see to it that you build it. That's a, who served in a copy of the shadow of heavenly things? As Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern showed you on the mountain. God showed me a pattern. And he said, don't deviate from it. Because you see, what you are doing is you are creating a replica for me. What is already existing in my heaven. You are creating it on earth. So you have, that's why when it came to the creation of man, God had to create good himself. Because you are making something God is supposed to inhabit. It must be very serious. When it came to the Noah's Ark, God gave Noah instructions. Build it this dimension, dimension, this dimension, do it like this. Noah didn't concoct it. God gave him the pattern. When it comes to building, God gives a pattern. Because God is always interested in buildings. Then he stayed amongst them. And he took them from place to place, gave them victory, gave them the law. Moses came, he used Moses, gave them the law, and built a tabernacle. And they turned their back against God. They went to worship false idols. God gave them over, but still kept his presence with the faithful. Until the days of Moses, according to Acts chapter 7, under the days of David, I'm sorry, verse 45, until the day of Moses, um, he says that, um, whom God drove out for the face of, until the days of David. Wow. Who is this David? Mm. Who is this David? You know, I'm just talking to you so that you can, you can have for once experience what angels experience. Wow. God, they've been watching these things. Wow. That's their television. They've been watching the beauty of all these things unfolding. And 
until the days of David. And then he entered the heart of David. That, ah, I live in such a nice house. According to 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1, the Bible said it came to pass when God has given David rest from all his enemies. Wow. Rest from all his enemies. He's out peace. Some of you, as soon as you pass your exam, we will see you in church. Yeah. Some of you, as soon as you get your healing, we will see you in church. Some of you are designed to go to America, but you backslide. Yeah. You are likely to backslide. You are likely to backslide. Because anytime there's no church, you don't do well. If you want to go to Oxford, go. If you want to say, go to St. Andrews, go. But go and start KOC there. Yeah. When David, God gave him rest. Do you know what? He desired to build God a house. Can you imagine? It came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house and the Lord has given him rest from all his enemies around him. Then he called Nathan. Look at the next verse. And the king said to Nathan, see, now I dwell in the house of Cedar, but the ark of the Ark of God dwells in tents, tents of Ketan. The Ark of God is a symbol of God's presence. Whenever, everywhere they are going, they carry it. It's, like, it's called the Ark of the Covenant. Sometimes it's called the Ark of the Testimony. They carry it. And he said, look, it's, it's in temp temporal structure. No, but look at me. Look at my condition. And look at the house of God. No, that's not good. He said, I want to build for God. So that's what he, by implication, that's what he's trying to say. And so Nathan said, go ahead, do what is on your heart, because it's a good thing. So Nathan said to him, go, do all that is on your heart. So where was it? It was on his heart. Okay. It was on his heart. Has the church entered your heart? Ooh. You want the blessing of David? Has the church entered your heart? Has the house of God entered your heart? Do you know the interest of God? Do you know what God values most? Has that entered your heart? The prophet said, go and do what is on your heart. God be with you. And that night, God had to interrupt and interfere. He said, prophet, prophet, prophet. That was a good thing. Mm. But tell David, I've never asked anyone to do a house for me. Why? But you, you, the prophet knew maybe God will need a house. Mm. Yeah, but I've never asked anybody. Because from Genesis, all God has wanted is a house. Wow. But unfortunately, unfortunately, the house God wants, nobody can build for him. <laughs> so that is a problem. No human being can build a house for God. And yet he wants a house where human beings are. So who's going to build it? And it must be built. Every house is built by somebody. According to Hebrews chapter 6, chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 6. He said, every house is built by somebody, but God is the builder of all things. Yeah. Hebrews 3, 6. Yeah, I think Hebrews 3, 6. For every house, before other, every house is built by someone. But he who builds all things is God. So it must be built by someone. And yet God said, no one can build for me. Why can no one build for me? Because God does not live in the, in the temples made by hands. Yeah. Oh, that's the problem now. And he's now, look, now he's living in the bush. Wow. And yet no one can build for him. Mm. Why are you staying in the bush? Let me do something for you. He said, no, you can't do for me. In Acts chapter 17, verse 24, he said, God does not dwell in temples made by hands. It's very important. In Acts chapter 7, verse 48, God does not dwell, the Most High does not dwell in temples made by hands. And so you can't build for God. Can I tell you why you can't build for God? Two reasons I was sharing, Pastor Kobe, in the, I didn't say in the main service. Two reasons why no man can build for God. Should I tell you? Yes. Number one reason is because God is going to live there. How big can you build? Wow. Even you can't build a city big enough to contain God. What do you think? How can you build? Do you know the size of God's yeah. leg? <laughs> <laughs> do you know whether you need a bed? 
Do you know what I will need a sofa? What are you going to put? How high is the ceiling going to be? Right. You can't build for God. That's one. But number two, which is more a, a, more, a more important point, mm. because the house God builds, God wants to stay in, is a house that grows. Wow. How can you build a house for it to be growing? <laughs> well, that's the problem now. Okay. That's the problem now. Yeah. Can I, it's in the Bible. You don't know it's in the Bible. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21, it talks about we are a temple that grows. Yeah. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Let's all read here from the screen. Let's go. The whole building grows. The whole building grows. The whole building grows. A building that grows seems to be a living building. Wow. So that means the building components must be living stones. Oh, oh, oh I feel like preaching. I feel like preaching. It must be living stones. I mean, living stones. Now, where are you going to get living stones? Yes. Where are you going to get living stones to build a living building that grows? Uh-huh. It must be built by God Himself. Yeah. So God said, David. David said, ah, Look at where I live. I live in a house, but God lives in tents and curtains. No, I want to build him a house. God said, Nathan, go and tell David. He's done well. Why, why is he talking about building a house for me? The most important thing I need on earth, but I've never asked anybody. David, how did this enter your heart? David has touched my heart. David has, that's the secret of David. That's the secret of David. It entered his heart that God deserves a house. That's all. And this is why God created man. Why God created the earth. He needed a house here. But no one can build for him. And that's been his plan. He had a plan. Say, do you know what happened? When God created everything, he had a plan to form a house here. But he hid it from everybody. He didn't tell the prophets. He didn't tell the angels. He didn't tell, let me say the American way, he didn't tell nobody. (laughs) He didn't tell anybody. Pastor, how do you know? According to Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, 26, Colossians 1, 26, mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9, mm-hmm. and in Romans chapter 16, verse 25, the same thing talks about it was hidden in God. All right, let's look at Colossians 1, 26. The mystery which has been, uh, uh, so something has been hidden in God yes. from the ages and from generations. Mm-hmm. What is it that God has hidden himself then? Wow. It's like he hid it. He hid it. No, this is easy to see. He hid it. He created everything. But part of what he's doing has been hidden inside him. And nobody could knew. So that is why when David said, I want to build your house, God said, David, how can you put your hand in my pocket, in my heart, to touch on what I've been planning? Wow. David, you are the only human being who is qualified to team up with me to do this thing. Wow. You are the only human being qualified to team up with me. Because how come? When I have blessed you, you are so grateful that your gratitude to God made you touch on God's nerve. Ingratitude. Ingratitude. Don't forget the things that the church has done for you. Don't forget the things that God has done for you. Don't forget where you came from and who you are today. Don't forget. You prayed that God don't let them catch me and they didn't catch you. Don't forget. You should have been in prison, but look at you. Are you so ungrateful? Why are you so forgetful? David was not forgetful. He knew that God picked him from a following sheep and made him a ruler. He said, I can't forget this. I can't forget this God. And after you did all for me, because I became a ruler, look at where I live. He stands in his house and he says, oh God, oh God. you struggle to give tithe. Ooh. Wow. 
You struggle to give offering. Like, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Prove your love for God with the little you have. When a child is singing to the mother, it doesn't have to be a Beyonce. Just anyway, sing off key. Mom likes it anyway. God is not interested in your perfection. He's interested in your genuineness of heart. That's it. David said, I want to build for God. I got it. David, David, Nathan, Nathan, go and tell David you can't build me a house. You can't build me a house. Not that I don't want you to build me, but nobody can build me a house. Mm. But because it has entered your heart, I'm going to give you a promise. The key of the promise is I'll build your house instead. Oh, but I have a house, so you don't have a house. I have a house, you don't have it. This one to destroy. I have a house. Oh, you don't have a house, David. Come on. I know you don't have it. See, you think you have it, but God knows you don't have it. I have a certificate. What can he do for you? And David said, God said to David, when you are dead and gone, I'll raise a child, a seed. He didn't say a child. He said your seed. Seed is very important. Seed. I'll raise a seed from you. He said, when you are gone, he said, I will set up your seed after you. So he's not talking to about one particular person. Even though one particular person is not the immediate one. That's right. Because somebody who will come from the loins of David is coming. God, that is when it, God determined that now mm. I am be the father of the Messiah. But David, because you have desired it, now you are also going to be the father of the Messiah. So the Messiah will need a human life, but he must be a godly, a heavenly person. So the heavenly person, Jesus said, the one who, I am the one who came. God, for God so loved the world that. So Jesus is the son of God, and yet he's the son of Mary. So whose son is he? And Mary is from David. So he descended, like his descent was David. And yet he's from God. And God said the first time when humanity and divinity are going to meet in the flesh, it definitely must be a seed of David. That's why Jesus is called the son of David. And yet he's the son of God. And David's name was enshrined in heaven permanently because of his heart for the heart for the house of God. But listen, his, his heart for God's house was so beautiful that he managed to pick up on what was on God's heart. Watch this. Because of the intensity of his heart for God, he was able to access the heart of God. Something that God has hidden in himself throughout all world. I quote Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. How about Romans chapter 16, verse 25? Romans chapter 16, verse, now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of, the, of Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the, begin, since the world began. So something was kept secret in God. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9, he says that, and to make all men see the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages had been hidden in God who created all things. So when God created all things, he hid something himself. That was what David touched on. Wow. And yet no one knew about it. David loved God so much he didn't know. He didn't realize how far he had gone. <laughs> he didn't realize. God said, David, 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 from today, I give you the title deed for the building of my house on this earth. So Solomon came on the scene, and David told Solomon, the shortest way and the surest way to prosperity on earth is to build a house for God. Okay. First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 11, David told Solomon, my son, 
my son. May the Lord be with you and may he prosper you and build the house of the Lord your God as he has. Ah, father's, father's last words to his son who is inheriting everything he had. He's inheriting the throne. He said, build for God. May God, pro why would God prosper you? So you build for him. Okay. So you build for him. Wow. Some of you, God prosper you, you wouldn't do it. Pastor, how do you know? It's in my heart. Show it. You're, if you can't give God 10 pounds, what makes you think you will give you 100,000? You can't even give God 10 pounds. You can't give him 20 pounds. You can spend 30 pounds on your friend's birthday party. But you have never spent 15 pounds on God. He said, I want to do great things. God should make me a millionaire, so I'll build churches. Stop it! You are lying without realizing it. You think you are genuine, but your actions are too contrary. When any, anybody, see, that guy who said he loves you, and he said he will build a mansion in Mayfair for you. Watch this, watch this. Even if he can't call Uber in Peckham for you, and it's not that he can't afford it, he has the money. But he will even call Uber for you. He goes to the restaurant Nando's with you. Nando's, not Hakasan, Nando's. <laughs> he takes you to Nando's and he doesn't want to pay. And this same person is promising you, I will build a house in Mayfair for you. Excuse me, excuse me. Speak to the hand, the ear ain't listening. <laughs> so hallelujah. You are clapping, but you, for, if you, do, you have not realized I'm describing you and God. I'm describing your post, your position in God. You claim you do for God, but the little you got a chance to do, you won't do. We say outreach, you will show up. You have ability to sing, you won't join the choir. You have been rapping and trying to do online, online music video, but you won't join the choir. And you are telling me you love God. You are lying, it's not true. It's not true. And you want God to believe you? Excuse me. Sorry, mate. If you love God, it will show now. Show now, not tomorrow. The love that has been postponed is not a true love. What's this? What's this? How, what? A postponed love has no value. Your father has the money. He can pay your school fees. He can help you. He can buy that ticket for you to go for the course. But he doesn't want to do it. He said, one day, one day I'll stop. Oh, what was one day? When is that one day? This is my problem. I'm, I'm trying to build my career. I tell him one day, Dad, he don't love me. You don't postpone love. Deferred love is not true love. Hey, please, don't go and tell the girl. If you love me, let's do it. Don't defer it. You are a thief, you are a thief, you are a thief. That one is a thief. <laughs> you want to take what doesn't belong to you in the name of love. <laughs> her ties belong to her future husband. But I'm the one to marry, so wait and marry. Wait and marry her and then own the ties. But why are you going, why are you trying to eat from what you don't own? Wow. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Let's get serious. So David said, God, I want to build for you. God said, because of what you have done, 
I'll raise a son mm. and I'll give him an everlasting throne. Mm. That's what it has been. So then, my submission to you is God has always planned for a house. Mm. But he hid it in himself that no one, prophets couldn't know. Mm-hmm. Pastor, how do you know the prophets didn't know? That's why I'm, going, I'm telling you this. The prophets were speaking on the behalf of God. They used to prophesy, Jesus is coming. They used to prophesy, Jesus is going to come. And then when he comes, then one point in time, they are prophesying. And then the Spirit of Christ, whew, say the Spirit of Christ. Spirit of Christ. Not just the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, okay? So the prophet Elijah, when he was prophesying, he prophesied by the Spirit of Christ. It was the Spirit of Christ inside him, not the Spirit of God. It was the Spirit of Christ inside him. It's the same thing, the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of Christ is pointing to something more serious. It was the spirit. When Moses was speaking, it's the spirit of Christ who was working him. You are not a prophet until the spirit of God of Christ is working through you. Why are you saying that? Because in First Peter chapter one verse nine, he says that this salvation, this salvation, he says that of this salvation the prophets say the prophets. This salvation the prophets inquired. Say inquired. Give me amplified. Let's see how amplified will play with the words there. The prophets who prophesied of the grace of that divine blessing which was intended, who was it intended for? For us. It intended for you. At the same time, you receive the result, the outcome of your faith, which is the salvation of what? Your soul. What's the outcome of your faith? The salvation of your soul. So that means that when you stay in faith, your soul will be saved eventually. Your soul is where all the mess and bitterness and the pain and the rubbish feelings about girls and boys and all kinds of lust for food and so many things inside you. Your soul must be saved. Some of us, that's where the problem is. But if you can stay in faith, stay in faith. The results of your faith is the salvation of your soul. And the salvation, that, that is also not just say temporal salvation, but ultimate salvation. And it says that this salvation, the prophets, now go to the next verse, verse 10. The prophets who prophesied of this grace, the grace talking on this blessing, which was intended for you, searched and inquired earnestly about this salvation. Go back to NIV. And then we'll go to the New King James. NIV says that concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to, to come to you searched intensely and with great, the greatest care. What were they searching for? Watch it. These are prophets. They were prophesying. But as they were prophesying, they research. They finish, they come and prophesy. This is what God is saying. This is what God is saying. It's the prophecies that God is speaking to you. When they finish, what are these things I'm talking about? Then he goes to Google. He begins to research. What are the things I'm talking about? What are they? He's researching to it. And they are wasting their time. Why? Because God has hidden it in himself. No research can make you know it. Wow. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. No. See, they research, they search into it. Let's go to the King James. And New King James, sorry. It says that New King James said, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied the grace, uh, prophesied of the grace of God that will come to you. Watch it. Go to the next day. They search diligently. Searching. I think let's go to the NIV. Maybe it will be easier. NIV. NIV. Trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when, it, uh, when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories, say glories, glories, and the glories that will follow. So the spirit of Christ was in these prophets. He, they were, the spirit was prophesying and he was pointing to something that was about to happen after the Christ has suffered. Wow. 
so after the Christ suffers all these things, he said there are the, the barrage of glories that are about to follow. But the glory that was following was so confusing that no, how can this be? I said, what am I seeing? So after they finish prophesying, they go and start researching. What kind of glory is this? They are wondering, what am I talking about? This doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem real. And do you know, because of their research, you see what happened to them. Look at the next verse. Verse 12. It was revealed to them that to them, uh, to them that they were not serving themselves but you. So please, just prophesy and go. Stop trying to find out what this thing is about because it's not about you. You will get it. It was revealed to them that they were prophesying about the church. Ah. The you there means the church. And so it's not about them. That's why they can't get it. So God said, just prophesy and go. Stop this research. I've hidden this thing inside me. When, but not you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel. So you see, the, gospel, the content of the gospel is not different from what the prophets have been prophesying. Right. Right. So when they spoke about, they spoke about what I'm preaching about, okay. but they didn't understand it. The difference between me and them is I understand what I'm talking about. Because I'm living it. I'm part of the church. I can see it. I can experience it. I can experience it. Now watch this. Watch, this is where the message is about to come to an end, but that's the title. We are going to the title. Watch this. Yes. It says that, told you those things which were preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels. Even angels. Let's say even angels. Even angels. What about the angels? Read it. Even, even angels. Loud, louder, please. Even angels. The angels are sitting there and say, this is TV. Wow. They also have been watching TV. But you know, the church is the TV of the angels. Wow. How? How, pastor? They look at a fornicator like you. You wear a fornicator, and today you are so holy in Christ. Wow. And it's not just that you are holy in Christ, but God takes himself. God takes himself, and an ex-fornicator Fornicator, he takes off your fornication identity and puts himself on you. Wait, wait. Okay, it's okay. And puts himself on you. But the key thing is, God took himself. This is an ex fornicator. Today he's a preacher. Some of you, your body count is shocking. No, no, no. But watch this. Watch this. And while you are busy counting bodies, God was busy getting the word, ready to get the word to you. So, so, so the angels, you see, when someone met you at Elephant and Cancer was telling, Elephant and Cancer was telling, talking to you about Jesus, it was all the programming of God. And watch this, the only person who can see this besides God are the angels. But they saw what's happening. They saw, they saw. How, how God, God looks at us and you. He gets somebody to preach to you, touches your heart, you are part of the church. You are part of the church. Wow. You are part of the church. Wow. You are part of the church. Wow. You are part of the church. You are part of the church. Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Sit down. And the Bible says the angels, the angels watch it they said, ah, so let's say this is God. I'm angels. I watch, I watch into this. I said, oh God, I worship you. 
Ah, another person. This guy has also joined. Oh, God. God, I worship you. You are holy. The angels, Bible says that in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, that by the church, the complex wisdom of God will be made, to be, will be put on display to the prince. That's talking about angels, angelic entities, even the devils. They watch this and they are, how could God have done this? When Adam fell, we thought we are finished wow. with God. But not knowing this God is complicated wisdom. That how, 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 how did God manage to take sinners and his pure God and he mix himself with sinners and yet they have not contaminated him and it's also real to find to find to form a church to form a house because that's all he's always wanted he's always wanted a house he's always on so the the, the devil thought God you can't have your house because now Adam and Eve have entered them you are supposed to enter but I've entered and God said, I'm still going to have my house. So angels, they are watching, they are the spectators. They love to look into this. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, he says that, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known how? By the church, to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. They are all in heavenly places, and they are watching. God said, let me show you my manifold wisdom. Angels love to watch into this. No wonder the prophets were also prophesied. They said, can I also look into it? He said, no, you can't understand. You can't understand. You can't get it. So just prophesy and shut up and go. Prophesy and go. So when David said, I want to build your house, God said, David has gotten involved, gotten himself involved with something that is bigger than his destiny. Oh, wow. <laughs> something that is farther than his destiny. David! Because I, this is why I created the heavens and the earth. You want to join me in doing it? David! I can't take that privilege away from you. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 17, David said, now, David said, it was in my heart. Now it was in the heart of my father, David. Where was it? In his heart. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 7, David said to Solomon, my son, as for me, it was in my mind to do what? To do what? To do what? I don't know what's on your mind. The difference between me and you is the house of God I want to build. That's what determines my rating in heaven, not my prayer, not my shouting, not my education, not my English, not my Bible school, but my heart for God. Don't, don't, don't ever boast of how religious and spiritual you are until your, life, your heart is sold out for the church. Yeah. Until your heart is all for the church. David said, as for me, it was in my heart. Second Samuel chapter seven, verse five. Second Samuel chapter seven, verse five. Look at it on the screen. He said, go and tell my servant David, that says the Lord, would you build me a house? You, would, you build, will you, uh, would you build a house for me to dwell in? It has entered his heart, but God said, you can't do it. Because human being can build for God. Why? Because God is to how do you measure what the size of his room? And then number two, can you build a house that is growing? You can't build a spiritual house. It's only one person who can build it. He's called the Messiah. Hallelujah. That's why the Messiah had to be the son of David. Yes. He came to build. So when Jesus asked them, Who do men say I am? Mm. Peter said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, you are the Christ, not the son of David. Mm. 
by the Son of the Living God. Hallelujah. Oh, Peter was able to identify the fact that the Christ is the Son of God and Son of David. Because the Pharisees and the Jews knew that the Christ must be the Son of David. But what they didn't know was that he must be the Son of God. So Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus said, how did you know? No, you can't. I can't give you the credit. Jesus said, no, I can't give you the credit. This was given to you by my Father in heaven. No human being can know this by common sense. Wow. Not by education, but by revelation. Thank you, Lord. It was given to him by revelation. Then Jesus said, I tell you, you are Simon. Blessed are you. For flesh and blood has not revealed. I tell you, upon this rock, ah, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Oh, so you're coming to build? Ah, so Jesus is the builder. Let me run up quickly. Jesus is the builder. What did he come to build? Listen, listen. In John chapter 2, they said, what sign will you give us to give, show us why you do all these things? Give us give us a proof that you are somebody. He said, you want me to give you a sign? Ah, he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. They said, come on. This temple has been built, taking 46 years to build this temple. How can you say you raised it in three days? But what they didn't know, he said, look at them, uh, the verse 21. But he spoke of the temple of his body. So watch this. This is very, where I'm going to end. It's very important. Jesus said, destroy this temple. What temple was he talking about? His body. And in three days I'll raise it again. What's he going to raise? He's going to raise the church, which is his body. In three days I'm going to raise the church. Then, so, so without, if he had not gone to the cross, he couldn't have built the church. Yeah. That's why when he told them, Bible says, sir, Bible says that when he says that flesh and blood has not revealed this to, to you, Simon Peter, Matthew chapter 16, from the straight 19 somewhere, Bible said from that time onwards, look at, is it 19? Verse 19, quickly please, verse 19. And I'll give you, all right, verse 20, verse 21. From that time, after this, he said, from that time, Jesus began to, sh to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things. You remember suffering? Yeah. The prophets were talking about the suffering and the glories that will follow the suffering. But disciples don't like suffering. Human beings, we don't like the suffering. But the glories were supposed to follow the suffering. So he just began to tell them how he must suffer many things in the hands of the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed and raised the They didn't listen to the, the last bit and be raised the third day. They didn't hear the, Peter took him on the side. Look at the next day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke. He said, you can't say this. You are not supposed to die. You are the Messiah. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You are trying to block the plan of God in my life. Because you think like men. Men don't like suffering. But God uses suffering. That's why the prophets were prophesying and wondering the, the sufferings of Christ and the glories that should follow. Because the glory was meant to follow the suffering. Oh, thou of foolish heart, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have written. Luke chapter 24, verse 24. He, when he resurrected, he told them, Luke 24, 24, please. And he said, oh, foolish, 25, oh, foolish one, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Watch the next verse. Ought not, Kabada, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and, and these things and to, the suffering was a necessary aspect of the Christly assignment. Because when he, why should he suffer? So he died, he came down, died to pay for our sins and resurrected us and took us into God. So when the angels saw all this being played out, they said, this is too beautiful. This is too beautiful. Jesus, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse, verse 27, Romans chapter, chapter 12, verse 4, and verse 5. I want to show you something, then I close. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, no, look, chapter 10, verse 17, but look at chapter, chapter 12, verse 12. For us, the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body 
of that body being many are one. So is Christ. So Christ is also a body. Look at verse 27. Christ is the body. Now, you are the who is the body of Christ? So, sir, when he says that destroy this temple, he was talking about his body. Watch this. Why his body? Because he was the only one who could walk on this earth and contain God. Because God has always wanted a home. Now he found the dwelling in Christ. So Christ, his name Emmanuel, means God is with us. Every time God, Christ was carrying God. But he said, destroy this body that is carrying God. And in three days, I'll raise a body that will carry. Oh! Shout hallelujah! In three days, I'll raise the church. And we, the church, are the body of Christ. So that is why in 1 Timothy chapter Chapter 3, verse 15 says that the church is the house of God. Why? Because the house of God is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. So what am I trying to say? Until you understand the value of the church, you have not known God. You don't know God! You know about God, but you don't know God. When he said, who do men say I am? When Peter said, you are Jesus, Jesus said, I'll tell you about the church. Ah, the closer you go to Jesus, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you begin to see the importance of the value of the church. You can't tell me I've met Jesus and you didn't realize the church. When you meet Jesus, you discover the church. In the first place, Jesus, why is he? He's in the midst of the church. In Revelation, he said, at Revelation chapter 1, verse 12, he said, I tend to see who is talking to me. When I tend to see, I, what, I didn't see a person, but having turned, I saw a golden lampstand. Wow. Ah, golden lampstand, what is this? And look at it, verse 13. And in the middle of the golden lampstand, and in the midst of the lampstand, there's one like the Son of Man. He was close with the government. Jesus Christ was in the midst. So if you want to see Jesus, go to the church. When you look inside the church, you'll find Christ. My pastor, I said golden lampstand. Oh, yeah, you didn't know. The golden lampstand is a church. What shows that? Verse 20. It's there. He himself interpreted. The mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are what you saw. What are they? The seven churches. So the lampstand stands for the church. And where did you see Jesus? It's in the Jesus at the center of it all. You have to look inside the church to find Jesus. So that person who says he's a priest, he's a pastor, who doesn't value the church, he's a fake pastor. He's a fake pastor. He's trying to line his pocket, not build a church. Fake bishop. Fake bishop. Who don't even have any value? They tell you, you can go to the mosque, you can go to the Sikh temple, it's all the same. Bishop, Bishop, you are acting for the devil. You are destroying people's lives. No one can come to God except by Christ. How can you get to God without God? That's why Christ is God. That's why Islam can't accept that Christ is God. That's where the change comes in. Jehovah's Witness, they say Christ is not God. That's why, that's why they can't be Christians. That's where it starts from. Because to build the church, you must be a son of God and yet a son of David. Because David secured that title deed. David is not unique. You can also be like David. 
How do I become like David? You don't have to change your name. You can be called David by very bad. You don't have to change your name. But you have to have a heart. Don't gossip about church people. David said, I've given out of my own proper goods. Gold for the things of gold. Bronze for the things of bronze. Silver for the things of silver. First, Chron First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 2, 3, and 4. Bronze for the things of bronze. Gold for the things of gold. He said, verse 2, verse 2 is very serious. He said, for the house, uh, for the house of my God, I, now for the house, I have prepared, no, verse 1, let's go to the verse 1. The verse 1 is that for. Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is, is young and inexperienced, and the work that is, uh, is, is uh, okay, the next verse, the verse 2. Now, for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my, my, Gold for the things of gold, made of gold. For the gold for the things made of gold and all that. Let's go to verse 3. Let's go to verse 3. And that's the one. Moreover, because I have set my affection. You have set your affection on fashion. You've set your affection on boys. That's why you get so upset because someone took your boy. You've set your affection on girls. You've set your affection on your just your education. That's why you can't be bothered whether there's church or no church. Your life is more important. You come on. You can't procure the blessings of David. He said, I have set my affection on the house of God. I have given to the house of my God. Over and above all that I have prepared for the Holy. I have prepared already, but I'm now even doing more. Over and above. Why? Because he loved the house of God. You can't tell me you love God if your heart is not for his house. Husbands, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wife. Ask Christ, love the church. Christ loves the church. You love Christ? Why do you have a problem with the church? Never, never befriend people who say, as for me, uh, it's, as for church people, I don't like church. It's because you are not a proper Christian. If you are a proper Christian, you will love the church. How can you say you love God and you can't love the church? Excuse me. You are a hypocrite in disguise without realizing. Wow. From today, change your approach towards church. When we talk about church, it's not the building, it's the people. Yeah. How you are serving the people. How you are serving humbly. You are following leadership. And how you are giving your resources. Not, your, not only your a big voice to sing. They told Jesus, this, a certain guy came and said, Jesus, I need your help. And the people told, the disciples told, this man is a good man. He has built a synagogue for us. Jesus said, ah, I'm going to his house then. Yes. If this guy can do this for church, for God, in the name of God, he has built a synagogue. He has built a synagogue. Jesus said, I am going to his house. Yeah. This, look, in the book of Luke 7. For he loves our nation and has built a synagogue. Look at the next verse, verse 6. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurions sent his friends saying all that. But he said, they recommended this guy, he said, synagogue builder. Wow. Wow. How much more a church builder? Wow. Synagogue builder even gets the attention of Jesus. Wow. How much more a church builder? If you're a Christian and you love God, prove it. Sometimes when it's time for serious business, you defer some pleasure. Yeah, you defer it. Maybe your house, your sister, is, they had a big issue or a big wedding. And you were planning on some big holiday in Miami. But now your sister's or maybe Sergio or something. So you, they need money in the family. So you have to cancel the Miami trip. 
and give the money. Use the money for yeah. that's, that's 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 commitment. Yeah. That's the that's that's the proof of commitment. Wow. Sacrifice is the proof of commitment. Yeah. What did I say? Sacrifice yeah. is the proof of commitment. It's cheap to say, I love you, Lord. <laughs> I love you, Lord. Prove it. Let it be, de- to de- be demonstrated in your commitment. If you love the house of God, prove it. Wow. I have preached a lot. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. And listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.